G'day trendsetters, welcome to episode 559 of the Transmove podcast. My name is Tim Egg, and if you have a question for the show, jump on through to the website trainsmooth.com or send me through an email, tim at trainsmooth.com. And while you're there, you might as well put yourself down for a few questions because it just helps support the show. Now, what's been going on? Oh, I've, um, oh, in the height of the pandemic, I wanted to register a website, a domain, a website name, um, conavirus.com. And at the time it was taken, and what I did, and I've got this for about a dozen different website names, is there's a website you can work out where you can find out when the registration ends. And then I put a little notification in my Google calendar, and I just get a reminder, and X amount of months later, um, I got the notification saying, check that, and I checked it, and it was free. And so I quickly registered it. And and I've just been sitting on that domain for, for a little while now, conavirus.com. Uh, to me, the whole concept for this website was purely based on your general age group athlete who dreams about going to Kona. That's, it was, the whole website was going to be based purely on that. And it was supposed to actually start up about now. Unfortunately, I just haven't got the drive to, to kickstart it and get it going because um, there's a lot of work needing to be had to create all the content for the website and I just, to, just to be completely honest, I just haven't got the drive to do it. Um, so I, I definitely hope to do it one day, um, but it's just not going to happen at the moment. So what I thought I would do, because it's just a domain sitting there and I was thinking, what can I do with it? And, and I thought I will let you guys decide i was half thinking of what happened if i created a training blog for um where i posted about my training not just i went for a run today felt good but like a regular semi-regular training blog about like more in depth of my training um and if you know if you guys aren't interested, just either stay silent or send me an email with thumbs down or something like that, and I'll know exactly what that means. Because um, I don't really want to waste my time on it if no one cares about it. And if you do, just either send me an email with thumbs up or you know, yay for coronavirus.com or whatever, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll do that. But I was it was it wasn't going to be like one of those. Big week this week, 20 hours. My chronic training load number is this, this, and this amount of stress. That, there will be times for that, but I was thinking more in-depth. Like, for, and I can give an example. Now, um, I'm, I'm in week three of a four-week training block that's purely based on um, distance per stroke of my swim. So the last couple of years, the only numbers that really... Um, were interesting to me well the only thing that was really interesting to me in swimming wise in the last couple of years for myself was my technique I, I videoed myself so many times it's not funny and um, I've, I feel like I got my technique pretty damn good enough and so for the ne- for the next year at least the next year um, all I'm going to be worried about are these two numbers distance per stroke and and um, strokes per minute. They're the only two real numbers I'm going to be really focusing on. 
Um, so the, I'm doing like a, well, I'm in week three of a four-week block of doing worrying purely on distance per stroke, and then I'm going to go into very possible eight weeks of trying to improve my cadence at that distance per stroke. And, to, and then I can give um, all the analytical data up on the website from that I get from Trident 2, um, which is a, um, a swim data thing that you stick underneath your swim cap. And um, so it would be, be stuff like that. And, you know, I can go into depth of what I'm doing with my um, rehab of my Achilles. Um, so so I, I don't know if you guys are interested or not. Um, and, and it's all good if you're not. It, it, you will not bother me. You can send me a, an email saying, you know, knock it off your flog. And you're not, you'll never, 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 um, you know, hurt my feelings. So feel free to say whatever you want to it. Um, but if you are interested, I'll, I'll, my first real proper training block um, in as I progress, we'll start in a week and a half. There, yeah, in a little bit over a week's time. That's when the first of um, 12, 12 training blocks. Well, it, it will be the first of the real main training block starts in 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 a little bit over a week. So I'll start blogging from then. If you guys are remotely interested, if not, just let me know and I can move on with the rest of my life. <laughs> um, so we'll get on to today's question. Today's question comes from Muhammad, who writes, "I have a power meter. I have a. Pa- I have power on my smart trainer and do most of my training indoors when it comes to cycling. However, I only have heart rate when riding outdoors. How important is having a power meter? And can you give some examples on why it would be or not be beneficial?" Um. A good question. Most people these days um, have both smart trainer and power meter on the bike just because they just get a bit of, you know, they like the looking at the numbers. Is it essential to have um, a power meter on, you know, riding outside? No. Is it nice? Yes. Is it beneficial? Yes. Um, but if you become... Uh, it's... As long as you're, um, what's the word I'm looking for? As, as long as you re- you hoe into what your um, what your body can do and when it can do it and how it can do it, you don't need it. You can um, just c- continue doing it. On the, you know, I go off my um, the, the three M's that I um, that you know for the zones. Easy, moderate, medium, mad. Easy being easy as you'd expect that word to be moderate meaning um it's your all-day pace you should be able to do that while breathing you know purely through your nose not your mouth medium is whatever the duration or distance or whatever you're training to um whatever that distance is it should be hard but it should be difficult but manageable and mad should be as hard or as fast as you can at your current technique without it being compromised so let's say you're doing um two minutes mad running that's not a sprint that's that's not your normal run technique a sprint it's as fast as your normal technique will allow you to be as soon as that normal technique starts getting compromised in any way because you're running too fast you need to slow it down a little 
just say you're within your normal self. And I find those um, easy, moderate, mad, easy, moderate, medium, mad to be very beneficial. And when you look at the power numbers versus those zones, it's not too bad. The, the the power, looking at power numbers, especially when you're outside and you're doing intervals outside, you avoid the fly and die. Um, and so you just you, you let's say you're doing a um, a twenty minute interval outside, and you're you're on the bike and you're you're off, you, instead of just get, taking off like a bat out of hell and you put your heart rate's increasing as you're going through that twenty minutes, but you. Uh, but you just but your power's going down. It, it really does avoid that. It, it will keep it nice, nice and even across the, across the board. Um, there's also very good beneficial benefits to pacing. Um, if you're really aerobically fit, you could probably just pace off heart rate. Generally, not the best way, but I have seen a, a few athletes do it well. Um, but you generally that perceived exertions really good for that but um for, for i can give a good example i was doing i mean cans 2017 i want to say something like that and i'm in this but and i'm in this group and we're just they're just we're just pacing nicely and we hit the um, bottom of a, a decent hill and they all took off like a bat out of hell and i thought oh well that it was good while it lasted, and I and at the time I didn't want my power to go over 280 watts, and so I just stuck at 280 watts, and they all just completely took off on me, and by the end of it I had passed just about every single one, one of them, bar I think one or two, and but by the I just but by the um what the descent I think I'd well and truly passed them, and they just all took off hard too hard at the bottom of the mountain on the bottom of the hill. And if they all had power meters and had their numbers to stick by, maybe they did for all I all I know. But um, well, I do know they didn't because they all died in the ass at the, at the end. But they they would have paced it that little bit little bit nicer. Um, so there there are those examples. Also, I I find. Um, Power meters are really good when riding outside in headwinds and headwinds, intervals, and um, hill hill training. I find them really beneficial. That and and we're talking even in races, you know, and just get, using them as a cap. I know in my last race, I didn't race too much to power. I would look at it, but I wasn't racing to power. The goal was to become as fast as possible while keeping my numbers, uh, my power as low as possible. So I was always looking for um, every single bit of you know what over this next thirty seconds, over this next minute. How you know how can I get faster with, without you know stepping on the pedal, so to speak? Um, so I was always looking for those opportunities. But and, it, and there's that other thing too we haven't spoken about is your budget. Look, if you're you know if you've got the cash. I would get it if if you're thinking or oh, you're trying to justify it um, and you're trying to justify it to, you know to your partner well, then yes it's wildly uh, you know you must have it we play the play this tour you must have it's a must you got to have it but if if it's not within your budget and you're not you know it's not that be all and end all it's it's not a must have so, I'd, 
I just rambled more than more than anything for the last so so minutes. So you you, you probably really know the answer. If it's in your budget, get it. If it's not in your budget, don't get it, and you will find benefits either way. If you guys have any other questions, jump on through to the web. Oh, I should say, but with the price of power meters too, um, you you know you can get a new one for what five hundred bucks or whatever. And it goes up hard and fast from there, six hundred odd dollars um, to, to over two thousand dollars. It's look secondhand too. Jump on the Facebook Marketplace and um, or Gumtree or Craigslist or whatever. Um, look there, look there, because you can get some real bargains, real cheap too. So that would that would be a spot to look at, and also. When you've got a power meter and you've got um, a smart trainer, um, I would be looking at using the power off the bike, not the smart trainer, because you're going to see those power numbers differ. But, and each power meter is different too, so you've got to keep a tab on what what your reading is on each bike, so you can can adjust. So I know I used to have a four eye power meter that read about twenty watts higher than my SRM power meter. Um, my stage power meter um, is pretty close to the SRM. I think it's like within five watts or so that I, that I that I can see. Um, I, I always thought my Wahoo powers reads lower than my SRM, and my new one I have I have got to do a few more tests. I, I got a new one on um, that came with my giant Trinity bike, but that appears to be reading exactly pretty damn close to my SRM. But anyway, so it's worth testing all that, and it's always worth using the trying to, especially on your race bike. Um, and, and if that race bike's on your Wahoo, always stick with that power. If you guys have any other questions, jump on through to the website trainsmooth.com. Until next episode, hooroo.